Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So just for the record, before I tell you guys what happened, I just want to say that this is the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me, and I have no idea what happened this night. So, I was drinking with my brother one night. The weather was bad, so the bars were closed and the streets were gross. We stepped out onto his front porch for a smoke, and that was when we saw him. A man. But not just an ordinary man. This guy honestly looked a bit like a zombie. He was groaning and dragging one leg behind him, and my brother and I watched, sort of puzzled as he got closer. Thinking that it was a joke or maybe he was high or something, we just looked at each other and then back at the man. Then I looked behind him and the tracks that he were leaving were in the snow and he had definitely shuffled like this down the entire street. Stunned in silence, my brother and I just sort of watched on as he slowly made his way closer. Neither of us moved, but we didn't really want to to be honest. I guess we were... A little bit frightened, but also very curious. But then he stopped. His head sort of snapped to look at us all of a sudden. And the sound that came out of this guy was unlike anything I've ever heard before. It was something that I'd never even heard in like horror movies or anything. My brother and I looked at each other though, threw our cigarettes down and ran inside. We got into his apartment and he grabbed a knife, I grabbed a fry pan. Don't judge me, it was the first thing that I saw that I could arm myself with. But we stood ready and watching, waiting for the fight of our lives with patient zero and then just nothing. We waited, listened, we pepped each other up and eventually opened the door. We stepped out on the porch together and we looked everywhere but nothing. This guy was gone. But... The weirdest thing is that his tracks just ended where we last saw them. We searched and searched that area and he was nowhere to be found. No footmarks, no continuation of that creepy drag mark, nothing. In fact, I would almost say that it looked like the guy just flew away. 
So, I'm an only child and it must have been about, I don't know, six in the morning. It was on a Sunday though and I was in my living room watching cartoons with both my parents asleep when I hear a knock at the door. It was a, a pretty Latina woman in her 30s holding a large cardboard box. I'd never seen her before. There's a big white van pulled up in the street in front of my house with a man in the driver's seat. She told me the boxes for my parents and asked if they were home. I told her yes, but they're asleep. She said, oh, that's okay. I can come back later. But that she had something for me too and it's in the car. She asks if I could come help her get it out. And... I'm lucky I guess because I had just started kindergarten and we had just had the stranger danger talk just a couple of days before this. I told her, maybe later when my parents are awake, bye, and I shut the door on her face. Immediately I told my parents and, well, they didn't believe me. A couple of years later, I told them the exact same story and they realized then that I didn't make it up. To this day, they have no idea who that woman could be based on my description. My dad had a pretty bad addiction at that time and hung out with a lot of questionable people, so I wonder if word spread around that he had a daughter or that maybe someone had just happened to notice by watching the house or something. I guess I'll never know, but thankfully they never came back. So, I, a 21-year-old female, had a pretty scary experience with my husband. This happened about a year and a half ago, I think now. And I've always been a, a huge paranormal fanatic. I would always find places to go explore that were known to be haunted. Which means that I do have a lot of stories, but this one, this one is by far the most scary. In my home state, there's this abandoned asylum on the outskirts of downtown in a pretty sketchy area. The building was originally a mental health facility in the 40s and was eventually made into a drug rehab center and finally a boys home where it would eventually shut down in the 80s. It's a relatively small building I suppose, only two stories and maybe eight rooms on each floor and one large room on both floors on the far side of the building, all the windows are busted out. But the building has a history filled with tragedy and has a well-known reputation of being haunted. Now, I've been to the building on a handful of occasions but had never been on the bottom floor due to flooding. I had never had any experiences there except maybe a feeling of unease I suppose. There was a day that I had asked my husband if we could go. He was hesitant at first as we had been there a few months before. We usually went every six months just for fun. But he eventually agreed and said that he wanted to go at 3am. And me being me, I agreed with him. So, 2am rolls around and we're at the asylum with our baseball bats, for protection. As I mentioned, it's a bit of a sketchy area and occasionally we would run into homeless people sleeping there. So, it was just a precaution. I also had brought a Ouija board and an EMF reader. This time that we visited, the water at the bottom floor had drained out and I was very excited to finally go down there and explore it a bit. We started upstairs and swept the whole building, making sure that nobody was there of course. While sweeping the bottom floor, I didn't have any feelings of unease, but 
I was a little bit freaked out to see satanic symbols and dead birds on the floor. At this point, I'd figured the downstairs hadn't been flooded for a few months as there was a lot of graffiti and the dirt on the floor was very dry as well. We started on the upstairs with candles and the Ouija board and tried to make contact for nearly an hour, but there was nothing. Nothing on the EMF, nothing from the board. At this point, my husband and I were just sort of messing around because we weren't expecting anything to happen, to be honest, just having fun. We moved downstairs and by that time it must have been about 3am. I was feeling fine at first too and we did a few sessions on the Ouija board in different areas of the lower floor. I had asked to stay away from the large back room as the satanic symbols had made me feel a bit uncomfortable I guess. After the sessions we walked around with the EMF detector and I noticed that it was only spiking in the spots that we had the Ouija board sitting. My husband and I were pretty weirded out by that but... We just kind of blew it off and thought that there was maybe an explanation and we'd figure it out later. And it was at this point that my husband decided that he wanted to go to the back room. I said that it was fine as long as he stayed close to me and we made a little more than maybe halfway when I just started to get this gut feeling to not go any further. Every hair on my body was standing on end and I told my husband that we needed to go and... I noticed that he was on edge as well. I ended up running down the hall back to the outside alone and that was really unlike me to go anywhere alone in the dark as I'm terrified of it but this feeling was just too much for me. When my husband and I were both back in the car and I calmed down he explained to me that he had felt the most evil feeling that he'd ever felt since a previous haunting he'd dealt with. We were both pretty freaked out and we decided that we were done for the night and we just wanted to go home. Now, it must have been about three nights later, I had woken up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. When I was coming back from the bathroom, I had a really weird feeling, but I wasn't completely awake, so I just sort of ignored it. When I reached the bedroom and closed the door behind me, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I looked over to the corner of the room and I saw a hunched shadow figure, not much taller than like five and a half feet. I stared for a second, sort of trying to adjust my eyesight, but eventually I just told myself that I was half asleep and I must be sort of seeing things and went back to bed feeling a, a little uneasy. Now, it was about a week later when my husband asked to talk to me and he told me that he had seen something in the bedroom that night that I had gotten up to use the bathroom as I had woken him up getting out of bed. He began describing what he saw and I was in utter disbelief because we had both seen the exact same thing. Needless to say, we were both pretty scared after that and I think our fear fed more into the situation. It went to us seeing the figure almost every other night to our ankles being grabbed and things being moved around and found out of place for the next few weeks. There came a point too when I was so fed up with everything that I smudged with two different smudge sticks and very angrily told it to leave us alone. And after that, it just went away, gone, like it never even happened. To this day, I believe that it followed us home from the asylum that night as we've never had issues in our house before and always left the Ouija board in the car. I had a strict rule about it coming into the house. 
and to this day we have not returned to that asylum either. Even thinking about it over a year later, I can still feel the pit in my stomach of when I felt the evil that we experienced that night. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. This is a, a bit of a strange one, I'll admit, but I would like to get your opinion on it. So last year, me and my girlfriend decided to go camping, as we were sick of being inside. So we packed our stuff and off we went into the wild. The first two days were great. We found a great spot and set up camp. We roasted s'mores, bird watched. It was amazing. And well, the third day we were at the nearby lake watching a flock of ducks swim around on the water. We were at a picnic table just kind of talking when a girl approached us. She was young, maybe 15 or 16. She told us that her father had fallen and that she needed someone's help. We offered to call for help, but she said that he wasn't badly hurt and just needed someone strong to help get him up. We agreed as my girlfriend knew first aid and we had a kit with us. So she led us into the forest along a trail until we got to a point where she said that they had gone off a trail because they had seen a certain bird and her father was an avid bird watcher. We were reluctant I'll admit but here was a little girl needing help with her father so we did go after her. We reached her father eventually and well something just was not right about it. You see he was on the ground like he had fallen but he was old, like 70 at least, which was weird because she was like 16. She called him her father, not grandfather as well. In any case, she stayed up on a little ridge with my girlfriend while I went down and helped him out. I asked if he was hurt bad and he said no, and that they were okay now and that we could leave. 
I remember looking up at my girlfriend who was staring at this girl as if trying to telepathically communicate something to her but she was looking at her father and we helped him up to the trail, walked in silence while the girl talked about the birds that we saw until we got back to it and once there they both turned and just sort of stared at us telling us that well, we could leave now. It was altogether a really strange situation, just a weird vibe all around. I really don't know how to describe it, but it was like the man didn't want her to go and get help or something, but since she had, he was trying his best to get us away from them the quickest way possible. Once we got back, we alerted the local authorities, but I don't think anything ever came of it. Once we got back home, my girlfriend looked into missing child cases from the area, but didn't find anything. But what if she wasn't from there? and he had taken her from somewhere else. Looking back now, I, I feel like we should have asked more questions because the whole thing was just so strange. But we didn't, and honestly, I, I regret that. So, I was on my way to work, just as normal as any other day, really. Same time, same route, same music, same coffee. In fact, I almost made it there too. In all honesty, I don't remember what made me drive off the road and into a ditch totaling my car like that. I don't remember the crash. I swear to this day that I made it to the next stop sign and got behind a black Dodge Challenger and made the next right turn behind it as well. It must have been an out-of-body experience because my car and I were in a ditch 20 to 30 feet before that stop sign. Fast forward, I woke up in the hospital disoriented and confused. I had never been in a hospital bed staring at the ceiling before, so I guess I was asked the routine questions. Do you know where you are? And me being me, I said something like, it's not heaven, I probably wouldn't be going there, so I guess a hospital... Do you know why you're here? And for the love of all that's good, I just could not remember one single bit of it. I legitimately thought that I made it to the stop sign. I didn't even know that I had a car accident. So I said, oh, no, what happened? Is there anyone you'd like for us to contact? I didn't remember that I was married, much less remember the name of my spouse. But it was at this moment when... I looked up and saw at the foot of my bed three large shadows. There was one officer at the window to my left, two nurses on my right between the bed and the wall, and the doctor was at my hip to my left. I asked, why so many people? And the doctor said that the nurses had to be there and the cop had to do a report. I pointed at the shadows at the foot of my bed, but they were now gone. The doc confirmed that there's nobody there, but... Still dazed and confused, the officer now standing at my hip and the doctor at the foot of the bed told me that I was in a car accident. So I asked if there was anybody else injured, people in the other vehicle, walking pedestrians, if maybe I hit an animal or something. But no, just you. It was just you is what they told me. I try to be a good person, so maybe it was the relief that I didn't hurt anyone else. I started to cry and... The officer kindly wished me a speedy recovery and made his way out. I sort of wiped away my tears and opened my eyes and like the worst jump scare in a 3D movie, 
There was an old man in my face repeatedly saying, help me, and I just froze up. I felt my heart skip a beat, hair stood up on my arms, legs, and neck. I sensed my blood pressure drop, and the heart monitor made its noise. Trying to evaluate the situation as best as I could, as quickly as I could, I looked around, and the nurses who were to my right just a moment ago were gone. I must have missed the moment that they left, but to my left was the old man, and it wasn't just him anymore. There were four, what I can only describe as phantoms, screaming at me for help, three male and one female. The nurses rushed back in because of the beeping machine attached to me, and at that, I passed out. When I woke up, there was a, a surgeon telling me the extent of my injuries, which... Uh, they're not really relevant to uh, this story, but I asked him to send up the hospital priest and he tried to press for information as to why I wanted the priest, but I simply told him that I wanted someone to pray for me. And after that, again, I passed out. Uh, the time lapses between sort of passing out and waking up here were never clear to me, but uh, sometime I woke up again and the priest was there with me. He stood to my right in plain clothes, asked why I wanted him there, and I asked him to close the door. After he did, I told him everything that I saw. The shadow people, the old man, and the other three with him asking for help. I asked the priest to pray for any lost souls, to bless the room that I laid in, and to bless me with holy water. He told me that he understood my concern and would pray for me and come back to check on me later. I spent a, another three weeks laying in that hospital bed, passing out and waking up, and after making a full recovery, I, I've gone back to the hospital to visit the cathedral and thank that priest. I don't know if the prayers by the priest helped or not. I don't know what happened that night. All I can hope is that whatever he said, well, helped those poor people who were screaming for help. This happened about six years ago in a, a very rural town at a gas station. By very rural, I mean drive over an hour before you even see signs of civilization. I was 16 and I needed a job and so I applied and was immediately hired at the gas station. I was supposed to work the night shift with another co-worker, Jules, until I got the hang of everything that is. The first three nights were quiet. Two customers max each night, and we spent most of our time talking about college. On the fourth night, around 11, we got our first customer, John. Now, everyone in town knew John for he had some sort of brain damage and was effectively six, but he was pretty big. We both knew that John liked Jules and thought that he was just great. He was sweet and funny, and on this night he had brought $10 and wanted a Snickers and Gatorade, which we gave him. He sat at a table that was out and started snacking while telling us about his new kitten. And after about 30 or 40 minutes, we got our second visitor, who would turn our lives upside down. He was a man in his 30s or 40s. He had black hair and a leather jacket, and he looked a bit like a greaser. He wanted a beer, which were locked up in another room and required someone to go and get it. Since I was new, Jules went to go and get him one. The man said hi to John and me and started trying to strike up conversation about school. 
Pretty soon, he started to steer the convo towards more inappropriate things, I guess. Which, since I was 16 years old, a female, I found weird. He wanted to know if I had a boyfriend, if I was a virgin or not, or what kind of things I liked. I silently prayed that Jules would soon hurry up and return, and after dodging his questions for like 10 minutes, finally she did. She gave him his drink and he paid. But he didn't leave. He started talking to her about the same things that he had with me. She was 18, still young, but was older than me. Thus, she was more bold, I guess. So she shut him down and asked him to please leave. But then he told us that he needed gas, and so she unlocked one of the pumps and he went outside to get his gas. But five minutes later, he returns, and it's apparently not working. He asks if one of us could go and help him out. Jules volunteered, but before she left, she handed me the keys. I wasn't allowed them since I was new, but there was a piece of a folded up paper there as well. On the paper it read, lock the doors and keep the lights on. I don't know if this is true for everywhere, but where we were, if a gas station lights were all on, including signs and decorations, something was up. It was a sign to call the cops and she leaves with him and I lock the door but stay by the window so I can see them. John joins me and starts asking questions like, what's happening? Where's Jules? Who is that guy? I explained the best that I could that I didn't know and that if something happened, he needed to run away very fast and get help. It had been maybe 20 minutes by now and I couldn't see either of them. They were on the side of the truck facing away from the windows. The worst situations were popping up in my head and I'm starting to freak out a bit, but... Suddenly, Jules appears and I unlock the door to let her in. The guy's truck peels out of there and I lock the door again. She tells me that the guy had grabbed her butt and told her that she should come home with him and of course she told him to get lost or she would call the cops. We spend about 15 minutes calming down and eventually we all leave together. I quit the next morning and I got a new job but Jules stayed. It was about a month later too that it was on the news that she had been assaulted by a guy who came in late at night. They never did catch the guy and whenever I go back home I see her and we talk about that night. She assures me that it was the same guy. She is doing good now and has a husband and a daughter and John moved to Cali with his mum and cat. But I guess uh, I'll never forget that night. And these days, whenever I go to a gas station or pass one, I always check to see if all the lights are on. So earlier today, I, I wanted to get out of the house a bit. It's been raining here for like almost a week off and on, and so once I saw that it was going to be sunny, I decided that we should go to the beach. I left my phone behind, which isn't unusual for me because I have a bad habit of dropping it at the beach or on hikes. But we got to the beach and park and I see a dog in a car park near us and I call to my girlfriend to show her. As she approaches, her phone rings and I see on the caller ID my name and number. 
She asks if I accidentally pocket dialed her and instinctively I sort of reached for my heaviest pocket which had my wallet in it. But I reached and I remembered that I left my phone. I stop cold and tell her my phone is on the couch at home and she picks up and hears a deep voice speaking through static. I have a pretty deep voice but she told me that she couldn't really tell who it was or what it was saying before it hung up. She calls back and it rings twice and goes to voicemail. Now, I'm pretty freaked out by this because, you see, when we first met years ago, I had just moved to this town and I swear that I saw myself on the street jogging. I ended up chasing this person but couldn't catch them. I kept yelling trying to get their attention but they just kept going, putting more and more distance between us. I stopped and some nearby people commented on my twin that I was racing. This further cemented what I saw that day and it 100% was me that I was chasing. And now this? And when we got home, my call log, it didn't have a history of a call outgoing. But also, it didn't have the call she returned either, which was definitely my phone. I have no idea what's going on. I, I'm pretty freaked out by all of this, but if you have any thoughts on this or anything else, then I would love to hear it. Has anyone had any experiences like this? I currently live in the United States, but out of college I took a job in Australia on a horse farm. Then I was 21 and this was my first major job and I loved it. When I arrived, I moved into the original home on the property, which was smack dab in the middle of 400 acres. It was close by to the main house and the barns, but fenced and had considerable privacy and no one ever bothered us. During my time there, we had an influx of seasonal workers coming and going, and the owner travelled frequently to other farms and overseas, so much of the time I would be left alone on the property in the evenings. The house itself was a moderate-sized ranch, with three bedrooms, one bath or shower, and a laundry room. We mainly used the back sliding glass door to come and go from the house. From the day I moved in, the sliding glass door rollers were broken, it was old and heavy glass and you had to lift it and push hard to open it. But the back entrance went to the garden and it had nice views and it's where we frequented for tea breaks and stuff. Now, as soon as I moved in, I immediately got feelings of being watched but I wasn't hearing anything. A few weeks after the move, I had a, an almost lucid dream. I was laying in bed when I looked up and... At the foot of my bed stood a woman in a full-length dress, purple lace, high neck and sleeves. The woman looked middle-aged, maybe late 40s or 50s. Her hair was pinned up in a bun on top. And the only way that I knew that she was upset of my presence was the look on her face. She looked like she just wanted me out. She didn't say anything, didn't move, just stood there staring and suddenly I awoke and she was gone. I had this dream too many times while I lived there. The only thing that changed was her face. It seemed to soften the longer that I was there, but occasionally she looked angry or upset. 
After a time, I believed that she presided in the home with us and was just there. She didn't seem to do much around the house other than watch and show up in dreams. And she actually has little to do with this story other than to give context to what I believe was in the house up until this point. But let's fast forward to five months later. All of my previous housemates have left and it's just me in the house now. I had a nice day at work on the farm. It was a busy and bustling day. Lots of people on the property. It was winter in Australia, if you want to call it that. But the days were a bit shorter. I climbed into bed at around 8, which was normal for me, and usually I just sort of sit there with my laptop and play games, browse the web, or make calls home to family in the US. So I've been in bed for probably about an hour at this point, just relaxing. It's dark out now when suddenly I hear the sliding glass door push open and someone take four heavy steps into the house. It sounded like heavy work boots and it actually shook the house a bit. Everything went suddenly quiet and I absolutely freaked. I jumped up and grabbed whatever I could find, which happened to be an old heavy shot glass. We didn't have a lot of cups there and I'm not a big drinker. It's just what we had. And my alarm clock, which is one of those old ringing ones with a hammer between two bells. I guess I figured that I'd throw stuff at the intruder. I mean, no one ever entered the house without a knock or at least a call out. And after a few minutes of getting my nerve up, I entered the hallway and walked into the kitchen. But there was no one there. No person, no boots, and the sliding glass door was closed. I never heard it close though, only open, and it makes a distinct sound. I opened the sliding glass door and called out. I grabbed a flashlight and beamed it around looking for anyone. I was panicking and looking for answers, so I desperately called the farm manager to see if he had stopped by at all, and he answered, and panicking I asked if he had been there, and he said no. I said, well, maybe the owner had stopped by looking for me, and he corrected me. He said that the owner was with him and that they were two hours away at the races and that there should really be nobody else on that property. At this point, I was very unnerved and I spent the next four hours calling family overseas and unable to sleep. Many weeks after this, I ran into one of the old farm hands who had left prior to this event and he mentioned that he didn't have a real bed while he stayed at that house. We kind of laughed about it and I was like, you should have asked for a bed frame or something. He slept with the mattress on the floor. The room that he stayed in was right off the kitchen and directly across from the sliding glass doors. And somehow we got onto the topic of the kitchen light being left on at night. I was always first to bed so I never turned it off and even after everyone left I just continued to leave it on not thinking about it. At least not consciously, maybe subconsciously I guess. But he mentioned that he never turned it off either and in fact would always turn it on before heading to bed if it wasn't already. But when I asked why he said that it was because he often heard footsteps in the kitchen and he could even see a light under his bedroom door and wanted to see if anybody was there. He never saw shadows or anyone else in there for that matter but it was creepy to hear that this guy he had such a similar experience to the one that I did. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.